Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, May 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. President Donald Trump signed an executive order laying the groundwork to ban Huawei from the United States. Meanwhile, Cisco is slashing its manufacturing in China for fear of higher import tariffs. And office space company WeWork tries to stem its losses. Plus, the FT's Victor Mallet explains why Emmanuel Macron's vision of a united Europe might be slipping away with the EU parliament elections approaching. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. President Donald Trump has upped the ante in the U.S.'s ongoing trade dispute with China. Yesterday, the president signed an executive order effectively banning U.S. companies from using telecoms equipment manufactured by China's Huawei. A statement from the White House says the order gives the U.S. Commerce Secretary the power to prohibit deals that pose, quote, an unacceptable risk, end quote, to U.S. national security. The order comes days after the U.S. and China failed to reach a deal to end the ongoing trade war between the two countries. A Huawei executive said the company wasn't aware of the order ahead of time. He said the U.S. is not a big market for the group, and the company still expects to have stable operations. But the U.S. Commerce Department has also put Huawei on the entity list, which means any company that wants to sell technology to Huawei will now need a license that could be very hard to get. Meanwhile, Cisco isn't taking its chances while the U.S.-China trade dispute unravels. The U.S. networking equipment company says it's slashing its manufacturing in China. It's anticipating higher import tariffs levied in the United States and is shifting capacity to plants in other countries it operates in. Cisco chief executive Chuck Robbins told the FT that the company has been planning for the higher tariffs since last summer. That's when the White House put a 10% levy on many of its products. The risk became even more apparent last week when U.S. President Donald Trump said he would put higher tariffs on Chinese goods. Data center equipment, like the kind Cisco produces, was included on the list of imports from China that have been subjected to a higher 25% tariff. The news comes just after Cisco reported revenue and earnings that topped Wall Street's expectations in the latest quarter. Cisco shares went up by more than 3% in aftermarket trading on Wednesday. And office space group WeWork is trying to rein in its spending and losses as it tries to make the company more attractive to a skeptical IPO market. The group's net loss declined a bit from a year prior to $264 million. But even as it adjusted losses before interest, tax, and depreciation, the figure showed its first quarter-on-quarter improvement in at least two years. Revenues at WeWork's parent company, called the We Company, accelerated in the first quarter of 2019. Sales more than doubled to $728 million from $342 million a year ago. Meanwhile, membership grew from about 220000 to 466000 Venture capital-backed companies planning to go public are under the microscope after Uber and Lyft tumbled out of the gate with their IPOs. With plans of its own to go public later this year, WeWork leadership is under a ton of pressure to show it's capable of running a profitable business. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. 
The European Union parliamentary elections start next week, and there's a chance that several countries will be sending populists and nationalists to represent them. While many European leaders are worried about that possibility becoming a reality, perhaps no one is more concerned than French President Emmanuel Macron. Macron has staked his reputation on creating a united Europe. But between the unrest in his own country and anti-European sentiment elsewhere, his window for a united front might be closing. The FT's Paris bureau chief, Victor Mallet, has more. Well, he's a very ambitious European leader. He he really puts Europe and further integration in Europe, the members of the EU getting more united, getting together more, right at the heart of his policies. And he's never hidden that. In fact, he campaigned partly on, on that basis. But he's had a, a bit of a problem, which is that he's kind of run up against obstacles in the form of his European partners who are not as keen as he is on doing a lot of these Uh, joint activities, projects, sort of merging institutions, giving more power to the EU as opposed to national governments. So although he's kind of shaken up the French domestic politics very, very radically, he's had less success at shaking up institutions in Europe. What are some of the proposals he's put forward during his campaign? There's a whole series of initiatives that he's proposed and his ministers have proposed. I mean, one of them, for example, is to have an EU, well, actually a Eurozone budget that would essentially strengthen the Eurozone by giving it a common budget. Uh, The French are also trying to launch a battery project for electric vehicles. They've noticed quite rightly that a large part of the cost and the input in electric vehicles is the battery itself. And almost all batteries are currently imported from Asia, either from China or South Korea. And the idea is to stand up as a united Europe against commercial and strategic competition from China and from the US. So what is he up against? Where's this resistance coming from? Well, I think there are two problems. One is the, the resistance from the Germans and the Dutch and, and others. And then he's got other enemies. Uh, you, you've essentially got nationalists in Eastern Europe, in Italy, and increasingly elsewhere, and of course in Britain now as well, to some extent. And they are sort of fundamentally opposed to the whole idea of Europe becoming more integrated and becoming more united. They want national governments to continue to have the main say. And then you've got the sort of economic opposition coming from the more moderate uh, European governments of Northern Europe who are worried about budgetary uh, overspending and that kind of thing. So you've got quite a strong combination at the European level of people who either are, are reluctant to accept his ideas or are actually viscerally opposed them. And then he's also been to some extent weakened by his political problems at home with the Gilets Jaunes demonstrations against his government. When he first came to power, um, you know, that was already welcomed by a lot of uh, EU, certainly by the European Commission, uh, you know, people at the heart of Europe, because he was obviously a pro-European, he'd campaigned as such. And he was like a, you know, a fresh face, somebody who really supported the idea of Europe. But since then, the ardor for his ideas has cooled a little, both at home in France and at the European level. So what does this all mean for France's showing in the parliamentary elections? So you have Macron as the kind of the pro-EU, pro-integration president. And his, his, of course, he's not standing himself in the elections, but his party is, is very much pushing those lines. And then you've got the main opposition in France is this right-wing Rassemblement National. They are very uh, nationalistic. So those are the two diametrically opposed things. And then in the middle, you have various other smaller parties that are not doing very well at the moment. But it's quite interesting to see how the debate has evolved because Macron is very much of the center, liberal center, and he's trying to get voters from 
both the right and from the left and from the environmentalists. So he's, his party has put, Nathalie Loiseau is the lead candidate. They put environment right up there. So they're trying to get the sort of the ecological left on side. But he's also talked a bit more about the need to defend Europe's frontiers, which is kind of code for reducing the level of immigration. And that's is clearly an attempt to get some of the right-wing voters on side as well. So he's putting a lot of energy into ensuring that come uh, May 26, is that his party will at least pip the Rassemblement National to the post and come out as the biggest party. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. Today, we'll be following Walmart which plans to release its first quarter earnings of 2019, which will be closely watched. Profits are forecast to come under pressure at the world's biggest retailer, which is investing heavily to compete with Amazon. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.